Welcome to Movie and a Beer, everybody. This is Dan bringing us in. And on this tonight's most wonderful, excellent episode, we have a couple of awesome friends and co-hosts with us. Yeah, uh, this is Aaron. I'm your rope and knot expert. And this is Brian. I'm your war movie expert. There's a lot of warring going on in this film. We watched The Woman King, which is a, a vehicle to express what happened in the African continent, African continent in the 1800s. 1829. 1829-ish. There's people coming in, taking slaves, and how they treated each other. and what. There's a lot going on in this film. Viola Davis was the lead, and General Naniska, I believe that's how you say the name. Yes, it is. Something like that. She, 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 she had an excellent portrayal. She I did. Um, and we knew what we were going to watch ahead of time. So as always, we, we picked a couple of really good, well, I picked a couple of, I think, really good beers out. A um, couple, I guess, regional because they're not here in Portland. Fort George and Double Mountain. We, we, we got ourselves a Vienna Lager and, a, and an IPA. And we'll talk about those in a little bit. But really, ultimately, this was about trying to find something that would be appropriate for a kind of a longer movie because this was a little bit longer. I kept looking. I was like, oh, it's still going. Oh, it's not the end yet. Here we go. <laughs> well, and we, we have a couple ideas of why it was a little bit longer. Yes. We're going <laughs> to try not to plot spoil the hell out talk of this. About. But right, this, is, right. this is a movie that's still in the theater. We, we watched it, and it was really excellent. Um, mm-hmm. It takes place. Uh, Dahomey is the name of the kingdom that the female African warriors, uh, they protect the king. Uh, they protect their kingdom. They, they're facing a new threat, which is Europeans and people coming in, taking slavers. They themselves, and this is kind of the controversy, is like this isn't an anti-slavery movie by any means because they themselves, they talk about that in the film between the the, the king and, yeah. and his court and the people that are in it. Like, well, we, we treat our own people who we've conquered as slaves. Right. Cap- captives to as be, captives. To be right. We we sell captives from our wars right. as slaves, which was historically accurate. Which is historically accurate. Unfortunately, this particular film, and this is a uh, broad criticism of the film, uh, the the women warriors in the film free slaves and try to get away from slave taking. Right. Which is it, a historical. It, and and I think we can acknowledge that's a historical, but I I forgive this film for that honestly. Like there, there's so many other things it does well. I agree. It, I I really appreciate the fact that it is exposing a wider audience to this this uh, group of women warriors, mm-hmm, which, which mm-hmm. did exist in Africa. Yep. And there aren't very many societies that have a woman warrior, warrior cast. cast. Yeah. yeah. It, it agreed. And and I I, I like that. I also like too that this you know the the this film being so well done. I, I imagine it's it's doing well with theater receipts and kind of you know has an audience. I'm I'm just glad that African stories are being accepted in this way that that they're being told and you know because for me my family background is very Scandinavian. There's lots of movies that you know talk about Scandinavian heritage and family. I, I'm glad that there's a kind of a, a colonial era African story told from that perspective told from the africans yes. perspective the, the not the, perspective and not the european not perspective. not like the the portuguese slavers or not you know the man who would be king or you know like there's lots of those colonial movies but uh you know even lawrence of arabia but like this is, is kind of a breath of fresh air uh because it much more centered in what the experience was to have your homeland 
kind of cracked open and exposed that way, or, or the, the exploitation that, that was happening. This kingdom actually existed between 1600 and 1904, like late 1900s, mm-hmm. or early 1900s, late 18, 18th, or 19th century, as it, as it would be called. The, um, the kingdom did have farming and trade, and they traded with a port on the coast, and the king had to make a decision. Do I continue being farmers and trading goods and services, or do I continue to trade those that we've conquered? And that's really the gist of it. I mean, so yes, the film does have slavery as an underlying thing, like are people commodities? And that's how it was really well, what, a, what an unrelatable and foreign question, Dan, of like, do I focus on the GDP and economic development of my country or the, the quality, the, the standard of living of the people who of live Of my there? citizens, <laughs> right? exactly. That would have nothing to do with today's political <laughs> environment. Sure. Uh, I, uh, what, a, what a unique and, uh, and novel question. <laughs> <laughs> so historically, as as it's told about three or four times throughout the film, there are siblings, a brother and a sister, who were the gods who oversaw uh, this part of Africa, and that's who they believe in as their god and goddess, and they equally rule. And they had a term for it, and the king at the end bestowed the lead female warrior general as the woman king, and he even says yeah. that. So the film and, does have... And, and they are co-rulers. Correct. Mm-hmm. And this is based on their uh, religious perspective. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's very fascinating that that, that 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 explains why there is a woman warrior caste. Uh, this yeah. is a society which values female empowerment. Well, how, how interesting... Yeah, there's this like masculine and, and feminine divinity... And it's, you know, not the, like the monotheism that like I was raised with uh, anyway, but like, you know, what does that do for gender relations? What does that do for a society? And, right. and like, yeah, and there were, we did see there was also like a, a, a masculine warrior troop, yep. but they were not the focus of this film at all. No, 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 the, no. This was both an African story and a female empowerment story, and, I believe. And as, a, as we said, a, a war story too. And yeah. a war story yeah. too. So two hour, 15 minutes. Not a lot of pre-credits, some post-credits stuff. Well, not post-credit, but there's the credits. Took a little bit of time. We were like, is this still going? All right. It grossed worldwide almost $100 million, Cost about $50 million, five, yeah, $50 million to make. So I, I think it's doing really well. I think it's being mm-hmm. well-received. Again, the, the people that have had issues with it, um, it was released back in mid-September. It's, I think, going to get some awards just simply because the visuals are outstanding. The costuming is outstanding. Costumes are excellent. They, the choreography. The choreography. choreographer the, 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 the dances. And, the dancing and, yeah. and, the, and the, all of the stuff that's portrayed. I just love the fact that it's a, a story most people wouldn't go see, but it's got a wide breadth of appeal to a mm-hmm. wide audience, I yeah. would say. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. And the young female lead, Lashana Lynch. Who plays Nawe? No, yeah, not we. Let's just say younger version of the lead. I'm just going <laughs> to leave it at, la- at that. I'm not trying to spoil anything. Oh, but you figured out. It's there's, you, um, too late. You've already known. Younger, younger, younger version of the lead. Right. She she reflects in this young woman I, who's 19. She doesn't look like she looks like she's like 12. Well, I was going to say she looks younger, but I, yeah. I almost think that it's her movie. She's the main character. Oh, she is totally. Like, yeah, yeah, she yeah. is definitely the main right. character. Right. This is her story. So female empowerment. Now, is this kid appropriate? I'm going to ask that straight up instead of waiting until the end. Because so you have teenagers who see worse violence in this and worse language. There's no language. There's no foul language. There's, there's no there's, language. There's, there's no, no sex. There's, there's no sex. No nudity. There's no drug. 
no but drugs. Anything. The, there's just a little bit of like I'm going to chop you and you're going to fall down. Uh, there's there's reference to rape. Yeah. There there's that. And then and then there will be I think some appropriate conversations around like the the legacy of race at least in in the United States where we're seeing this, but yeah. but kind of the slave trade, you know, more globally. Yeah. So there 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 could be I think some um more mature themes in that direction, but like certainly no, not, and there's violence too. There's battles and fights and there's some blood. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say it's overly gory. This is, it's not, this is not 300. This is no, not no, no, not at all. It doesn't, it doesn't glorify any of it. The, no. the violence, there's no squirting blood or anything. Right. It is rated PG 13. So it is appropriate for yeah. a younger quote unquote audience, not yeah. necessarily elementary school age, but definitely if you want to show, something that's culturally appropriate and will start your kids asking questions. And that's sort of the whole well, point. You couldn't get an elementary kid to sit, to sit still well, for two and a half yeah, hours. No, I know. <laughs> like, I mean, there's, there's, a certain there's plenty of action though. Yeah. There's training scenes. Yeah. And there's yeah, there's like teenagers though. Like yeah. they would, yeah. they would, I think get a lot out of this movie for sure. Yeah. They yeah. would, they'd be like, damn, I could do that. Cause it's really realistic in how they portray how battle is. And mm-hmm. you get tired really fast. You're going to swing around a couple of times. And you're like, damn, I'm tired. I mean, Brian has experienced, swinging things around wearing armor or not as much armor yeah so uh absolutely i've uh, participated in broadsword and shield combat and uh you get exhausted after about five minutes and most of their fight scenes didn't last that long mm-hmm. no they were no pretty short. it was pretty quick right pretty short and to the point or in the point as it were but I do like this. This film has a value of sometimes like ingenuity and cleverness, uh, you know, working together and and uh, intelligence. Sometimes that that's a superior thing to just you know being more mighty, being bigger and stronger, having a larger army. There there is kind of a an underdog sort of. Um, they move slower, right? Well, they they definitely valued the protagonist, the fact that she was. Clever, yes, and yes. that made up for some of I her mean, willingness to not follow orders, I, the, the, stubbornness. The main, stubbornness. The, it, it's funny because it's like, oh, I need to start listening to the younger people who, who know what they're doing and can see and, and understand what they're doing. So there is some, I guess you'd say, the general had to learn from the troops because she's like, she didn't understand. She's like, oh, it's just a gun. It fires. And it's like, no, gunpowder is a separate thing. And it explodes right. if you spark it. It she's has like, a value on its own. It has yes. a huge value on its own. And there's, you know, I, I think, you know, Native Americans here, I mean, I've, I've read and seen a lot of movies and, you know, there's stories about that, how to use something that's been provided to you that you've never thought of before. And it's like, oh, right. hey, like how, how can we use this creatively? And I'm going to go to the rope. Let's go to the rope. The oh, rope yeah, is the, the rope. first and only weapon you need. And why is that? Well, you can you can choke somebody, you can garret somebody, you can hog tie somebody. It's so you so can tie versatile. it to your weapon and bring your weapon back to you once you throw it at yeah, somebody. So I had a problem with the rope scene in this film. <laughs> yes, that's why I brought it up, Brian. I, I, I know. Was, I'm trying to I'm so trying to just lead it on. They, they they had a big scene where they said, "Okay, I'm going to give you your first weapon, and it's a rope." And then they went on to this training montage that probably went on 10, 15 minutes. Oh, it wasn't a 15-minute training montage. All right. It was a training (laughs) montage. Yeah. But they never showed the use of the rope again. Right, right. Until someone used it in battle. Which was now, uh, like, legitimately an hour later in the movie. Which was later in the movie. I would have, I think it would have been a value to show 10 seconds of someone learning how to effectively use that Right, like the 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 light bulb going on over the main character's head. Oh, I've really been given a 
a very valuable skill. The, the I was wrong. I am learning from how I was wrong, and I'm gaining skills and right. a new the, perspective. The Karate Kid. Right. Yeah. Wipe it, on, wipe it, off. And so, moment. like we're like we're we're saying for our main character, she starts out very headstrong, very stubborn, and there there is like sort of this this tension of. Yeah, she needs to learn to listen to expertise. She needs to learn, you know, the, the general and these other more older... The lieutenants. The lieutenants, they know their... St- oh, I was about to yeah. s- say something wrong. Oh. Uh, they know their stuff. They know their shit, and you need to listen to them because they, they've survived. And, and right, clearly, they're, they're, right, they have veterancy on their... Yes. Yeah. They've Absolutely. survived the last two battles. And, and part of the story arc I was expecting is this young, headstrong, stubborn character is going to learn... That yeah, they they're not they're not invincible. They don't have all the answers. That yeah, their experience and wisdom counts for something, and and there's some of that. But there's also this yeah. Sometimes wisdom has to listen to the youth too, and sometimes wisdom can can, can get stuck and not be as creative as it needs to be. Can't right. can't think laterally, which altered the whole course of events in, in one of the like, main conflicts of the film. You know, while we're talking about the main protagonist, mm-hmm. I want to bring up my primary concern okay. or criticism uh, of the film. Yes. And that is, so we've got this young, headstrong girl mm-hmm. who becomes a member of this warrior society because she refuses to marry an older man who's going to pay her father to marry her. She, yeah. she, she says flat out she doesn't want a husband. She doesn't want a husband, and when she talks back to him, he hits her. She says, I'm not going to marry a man who yeah. abuses me, who hits me. Yeah. So we've, we've got this very strong, independent, uh, independent woman. Uh, she has her own agency. And then throughout the film, there, she becomes a love-besotted teenage girl mm-hmm. where they throw this Hollywood romance on top of her. Oh, he was now, hot. He, he, was, he had washboard. He's like ripped. No, <laughs> he was cute. But the night she takes her blood oath, swearing her allegiance to her sisters in this warrior society, she, she sneaks off she to go see this guy. Instantly, she, yeah. yeah. Well, Renegs yeah. on part of it. And, and it, it completely... It's unnecessary. Well, for one thing, it's unnecessary for a war film. Yeah. I mean, who's the love interest in Platoon? Who does John Wayne fall in love with in the Green Beret? His own gun. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is my weapon. This is my gun. This Happiness, is her killing. This, this is one gun, baby. But, but, but yes. Brian, your, your point is really well taken, and I think and you're it, right. It, it waters down her character arc mm-hmm. way too much. Way too much. And, yeah. and it also extends this film. It does. By it, 20 minutes. It's a, it's a subplot, but, and, a, and who knows if it really needed to be there or not. I think that it lends it, to the It serves human. a purpose in the, in the last Yes, it, 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 it allows her to be human. It allows her to make a choice. It allows the person she falls for mm-hmm. to make a choice. But I, I think she's human. So, I think she's compelling. I think you can identify with her enough without that love interest. Like it just feels yeah. overlaid on top of the rest of this perfectly well, good story. That's I, I, Hollywood, man. Enough. You got to do it in but, Hollywood. But I, have I feel like in a, a feminine forward pro woman story. She don't need no man. Story. She don't need no man. I mean, yeah. She Who's Tom this? Hanks in love with in Saving Private Ryan? I don't know. Nobody. Or we said as the Great Escape. I remembered a beautiful Swiss woman. Then that might have just been something I dreamed up afterwards. But like, know. but the, like, there's not the same thing in the Great Escape or these other great war movies. They're right. not. They're, yeah. So, so here's my point of view. My point of view is there was some considerable plot holes. Not just that. Okay. There, the special effects. I think 
like the fire scenes and stuff. Like there's, it was very practical in a lot of ways, but when they did use either overlaying a film and like, oh, we're standing in the, I'm, I'm like, okay, you're in the, the African outback and there's no mountains nearby, but there's no water and you can run there in a day. So that must means it's like less than 10 miles. It's not, must not be that far. Yeah. There's, there's just some plot holes. And then she also, the lead says the word sloth. That's, I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. If South, you know where South the, American animal. Yeah. A South American animal does not exist in Africa in the 1800s. It 1829. should not. And the, how would she know what the hell a sloth is? The mythical sloth. The mythical All right. That's a writer not doing his research. <laughs> Correct. Right. Yeah. I'm like sitting here reading the like, you know, IMDb goofy stuff. And it's just like, oh yeah, they should not have used this word. They should have used a tortoise or something right. slow instead of a sloth. Was somebody wearing a wristwatch in one of the fight scenes too? <laughs> yes. There is, there's, <laughs> Some Probably. other continuity sure goofs. Yeah. I did notice that, that there was a uh, a cage at one point, very prominently displayed in the film, where some characters were being detained, and it was a metal cage it was in very one metal. scene, and then instantly it became a wooden cage, uh, just like a moment later. And I was like, yeah. "Well, wh- wh- what happened? Yeah, how did this cage change?" There's there's obviously some time gaps, yeah, which aren't explained that just happen, and you know, it's storytelling. It's Hollywood. They they're allowed to do that. But when there's huge continuity issues like that, I, I'm like, come on, man. You at least make a little effort. I mean, you're yeah. spending $50 million on this. Make a little effort. But they, they did make an effort with the, the costumes. I thought the costuming was was really, really good. Um, I, like, I'm, I have no expertise with that part of, of Africa, certainly for that yeah. time period. But it all seemed believable. It all seemed like it was from natural materials that would be available. And then like you know the, the coloring and the patterns seemed legitimate to me. Yeah. I, I am by no means a weapons expert, but the the swords, machetes, and spears that the African warriors used, mm-hmm. they seemed legit. Right. They seemed pattern after African weapons I've seen. And to even so then, that Oh, sorry, and, and it, was, it was really slow paced though. I mean, there was yeah. there was some authenticity to the costuming and the reality of where they were, but it 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 was so two and a half hours, how much could have been edited out? The whole love story. <laughs> the whole love story could have been edited the, out. There's a the lot. whole love story, there was another side plot. Uh, so the the, side the shark tooth side plot. Like that, that, shark that I don't want to spoil. Right. It would really spoil the film yeah. if I talked about it. But that that's like twenty minutes. Like, that that was know. a thing that seemed like Hollywood so layering on top. Ultimately, this is kind of revisionist history because A, we don't really know. It's all just handed down through storytelling and there's True. not a lot of written re, you know, recounts of, and again, history is a perspective and not a reality. Uh, we're thinking about, you know, how, how much truth is there to this? And do does that matter? Does that defend or take away from the story? If it's like, wow, if I was a historian and I walked into this and I knew that there's a, most of this was completely just made up bullshit. Would it matter? Is the acting good? Is the story good? Is this just a portrayal versus is this trying to be it, historical? Yeah, I, I think you're asking like, does it have entertainment value on its own aside Correct. from the, the 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 truthiness of the the events it it portrays? Yeah, I, and I think it, well, it does. But I think you do need to respect that this is a real time in a real place where real people had lived. Yes, yeah. and and, I mean, and there will be people that now have some family connection or other connection to the the time and events that are portrayed. I I was entertained by the film. I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Yeah, me too. I also found I find there's a lot of value in exposing me and other people to 
this story that I don't feel has ever been told before. Mm-hmm. So you uh, haven't uh, read any National Geographics when you were growing up? Not, well, not I, about the home. I'm going to call you ahead. I, 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 <laughs> we ha- I, my, my parents had a subscription to National Geographic, and I saw a lot of that. I, yeah, yes, but I, I, I didn't I, see I, it in the movies. I didn't see it on TV. I just saw it in a magazine. I but, mean, uh, I, I would say it's a, a story about this warrior cast, mm-hmm. yes. which I had heard of in passing, mm-hmm. but I didn't know a whole lot about it. Yeah, even the, the, of the Dahomey warrior women. Even yeah. these kingdoms, like Dahomey, Oyo, Benin, I was, you know, familiar with, with you know, all, all of these kingdoms, but like I don't know anything about the culture. I don't know their traditional foods or, you know. Right. And even the weapons they were using. I mean, like, and yeah. and yeah. I mean, hopefully the, it, there is some historical accuracy. I hope so. Because I'm now assuming, okay, I know more than I did before the film about these cultures, mm-hmm. and maybe I don't. It's, if, yeah. if it's Hollywood fabrication, and that's we, we a lot know. of a lot of the reviews and things that I've been reading as we've been discussing is really centered around that. That's one of the bigger concerns people have is like, okay, this is a Hollywood film, a lot of money went into it, but is it meant to be a historical drama or is it just meant to be storytelling through this interaction of a young woman? And her ability to make a choice to say, yes, I want to fight for my king and my kingdom and I want to become powerful and make my own and, and make my own choices. And ultimately, the main protagonist, Viola Davis's character, allows her to do that because she's like, I was just like you. Mm-hmm. She sees herself and, you know, we're going to leave it at that. But and this younger, <laughs> younger version yes. yeah, of, of a person. Yep. Anyways. Wow. We've been talking for almost 25 minutes and we haven't even talked about beer yet. Well, I bet they made beer in Dahomey. There were two beers that we enjoyed with this film. There were. So we know that fermentation and and they had things. And there was a shot of a whiskey bottle, which they didn't say the name, but they did say it was whiskey. And I'm assuming that they got it from someone from Europe because, you know. Yeah, she said the only good things the European give us is this whiskey. Is a whiskey. Yeah. So unfortunately, we did not drink whiskey during this, um, womp womp. that's okay though. But so, it's not whiskey in a movie. It's no, it's movie in a beer. beer. So yeah. at this point in the podcast, we're going to start talking about uh, this couple of beers that we had with this movie. And this movie that we are discussing is The Woman King. It's a fairly new release to when we're watching it. It's in the theaters still. Uh, it's a really interesting film. I I would highly recommend it to anyone that is interested in the topic mm-hmm. is can be easily entertained because I think we were all pretty entertained. It, it has a little slow burn. It's not necessarily super fast paced. I didn't think it was that slow. But I never, my mind never wandered off. Yeah. I it mean, didn't. Of, of the three of us, I've seen it. This is my second viewing uh-huh. and I was happy to see it again mm-hmm. and, and didn't get bored the second time either. Mm-hmm. So, so, and as mentioned before, uh, we knew we were going to watch this, and I was seeking out beers, and I, I happened across uh, the Fred Meyer out in the Hollywood district of Portland, and I was like, I was looking for one beer and couldn't find it because it's kind of a not year-round, but they make it about halfway around the year, and I'm, I'm like, all right, fine, I can't find that. So I changed my, I shifted gears and said, hey, let's go for something that has, you know, an animal on it, and then something that looks and feels old and, and is an older style and can really represent the 1800s. So the first thing we got is from Fort George, and this is a seasonal lager, a Vienna-style lager called Iredale. So there's this is actually named after a shipwreck. Off and, the Oregon coast. Yep, off the Oregon coast. So this the can art itself 
is on the beach, which they had galleons, they had ships in a couple of scenes at the beginning and mm-hmm. towards the end of the film. And this this ship ran ashore uh, at the mouth of the Columbia, right outside yep. of Astoria. And you can still see the the iron uh, superstructure yep. of the of the ship on the coast. Yes, you can. And so, I having seen pictures of what it looked like, and then after I was like, wow, that looks very very similar to what oh. the the ships were in the movie. And this happened, you know, in the early 1900s. And the film takes place in the mid early 1800s. So. Not that far afield, and it just felt like old school. And so Vienna style lager has been around for a really long time as well. So this is like four point seven percent, and this is a seasonal beer that they make. Uh, it's not year round, and I would highly recommend if you can get a hold of this. This is a very smooth, dry, not hoppy at all. It just has a really nice malt finish, very clean. Um, Brian, do you have any thoughts on this beer? Because I know you, I think you really liked it. I did really like this beer i thought it went well with the film um it had a little more flavor than some of the lighter beers we've tried but this is only 4.7 percent, so it is lighter it's just more flavor forward it's more flavorful yeah. yeah and and it 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 tasted a little more earthy to me which felt appropriate wandering around in africa yeah um and i i did enjoy this quite a bit nice i i would say that if you can seek this out or any other i think the style goes really well so vienna lagers or any kind of english mild which is also going to have that tea like kind of character and note little dry you know how tea can kind of dry the back of the mouth out it's like Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily super acidic but it just kind of dries you out a little bit and Mm -hmm. i think from an herbal standpoint this does really well with that i really really like this beer this is the first time i've actually had it I, I picked it out based simply on the design on the can. I was like, oh, that looks like an old shipwreck. Well, uh, so the Kingdom of Benin in the neighborhood, that whole area was known for metalworking yeah. and iron. Like the Benin bronzes uh, were, were from that part of, of the world. And um, still some, some controversy of if England's going to return them to. And yeah. then who do they return them to? Um, you yeah. know, but, but yeah. Yeah, really, I, really Metalworking is, is, is legitimately related. Yeah, I would suggest, you know, if you can't find this beer, find something else that's similar, that, like I said, an English mild or... And and what was the name of this beer again? So this is Eredale, I-R-E-D-A-L-E, which is named after the... Peter. Peter Eredale, which is a four-masted bark, B-A-R-Q-U-E, bark, 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 mm-hmm. sailing vessel, which ran ashore just west of Astoria at the mouth of the Columbia River in 1906. So you can still go see the wreckage if you mm-hmm. are here in the... Pacific Northwest and are out in Astoria in that region or area for a day or a weekend or whatever, check it out. It is still there. You can go see it. It's a fun day trip. And the uh, brewery is... Fort George. Fort Fort George, George. which is out of Astoria. And, you know, we really love Fort George beers. Uh, They have Festival of the Dark Arts coming up in a couple months, and I'm going to go to that, and we're going to really have some good beer there. But I digress. Next up. Next up is Double Mountain Brewing, which is for most of you probably know, uh, based out of Hood River, Oregon. And Double Mountain, I think they're out of Hood River. So this has notes of tropical resin, tangerine, petrichlor. So it's like very earthy, uh, evergreen, and it's it's a full beer. So this hop, is... Hop Lion. The hop Lion IPA, our 65 IBU, 6.7 ABV, uh, comes in bottles. I don't think they can this one. They do do variations on it. I, I've seen fresh hop versions of this. Hmm. 
it's just one of their standard beers. It is a very good, clean IPA, old school. It's not meant to be super resiny or like West Coast, Northwest super resin. It's not meant to be super funky or have a lot of, you know, it's not a North, it's not a, a New England style. Uh, some of the West Coast styles can be a little over aggressive with the hops, and this one is not. It does have a nice malt balance that helps support it. It does have some tropical dankness. I think it kind of dries out and has kind of more of an orange, like dry orange peel or pithiness or even orange oil on the back is what I get out of it. It's like orange. As you sit and drink it, you're just like, wow, it's just orangey. Yeah. I mean, uh, as we all know, I don't like really hop beer, but this was this was okay. It wasn't too hoppy. Um, I didn't feel it went as well with the film as the first beer, um, but to each his own. Yeah. I, I think we would... But it was enjoyable. It wasn't a bad beer. We've had bad beers. We have. I think we could agree that, you know, find a beer that you're going to like. Uh, this has a hoppy beer. I, I think both went okay with the movie. The second half of the movie had a little bit more action in it. Mm-hmm. You had the set of young, not necessarily young, but the set of women who were the recruits who were trying to join and prove themselves and go to and then went to battle. All of that happens in the second half of the movie. So you you kind of build up to this third part of the film where you, you've got all this training going. You know, you've been selected, then you've got your training, then you go the, to battle. The women who've proved themselves are now part of the warrior cast. Correct. Right. And they've got a job to do. They you do. Know, they got to take that machine gun nest on the hill. <laughs> some of them do it pretty well. Some of them don't. And I think these beers are reflective of that. One does it really well, and the other, eh, questionable. It was okay. I, I think for yeah. an IPA, it's not a bad beer. It has, it has different skills. Clean. It completely different skill sets, completely different profile. It can't use that rope. No. <laughs> no. And, and how do you use that rope? You use that rope, you want to use it tied around your weapon so you can throw that machete at somebody. There's, there's right a hundred ways. There's a hundred ways There's to use a hundred ways to use the rope. <laughs> they just didn't show them. Yeah. yeah. They And, and I, I would agree, Brian. I wish they would have talked about it or shown it or been like, mm-hmm. hey, I can figure out how to use this in a lot of ingenious ways. Well, it, it, it kind of goes to one of the secondary or tertiary subjects of the film, which was your thinking. It's it's the warrior yeah. who's important, not, mm-hmm. the, the, not the tool, not the weapon. Mm-hmm. It's how you use it, not what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and your strength as a group as opposed to your individual strength. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts before we uh, close this episode out? No. <laughs> I, I, I would say uh, recommended. This, this was a fun Yeah, this film. was a thumbs up. Yeah, a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I'd, I'd watch it, I think, a second time uh, if the opportunity came up. And uh, I hope I hope our listeners, uh, those that have the time, yeah, will give it a chance. It's well worth it. watching. Yep. It's, it's a story you're not going to see very often, yeah. except for the teenage besotted romance. Yeah, that you see that everywhere. And that was just kind of a sideshow here. It's not. It really is a sideshow. It's yeah. not part of the film, really. Correct. I would say that. Um, you know, thumbs up. I think everybody's a thumbs up on this one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, find something. I, it's two and a half. So I I was looking at the clock, going, oh, it's still going, it's still going, because it it felt like it lingered a little bit. Well, find something a little lighter in terms of uh, uh, al- alcohol by volume, right? Correct. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. And you know, there, there's plenty of things you can find to enjoy while you drink while you're drinking, if you're going to drink. A or good if lager. you've decided to... Yeah, don't, don't drink whiskey or yeah. you're going to fall asleep about halfway <laughs> through. Then, then you have to watch a movie a second time just to figure out what happens. Yeah, yeah, or a third. You're like, can I watch this already? I can't remember if I watched it already. Anyway, you know, thanks for listening and hanging out, everybody. And we really enjoy 
this opportunity to share our thoughts about this really kind of fun movie. Um, we have some water in front of us. If you don't hydrate, you you know you might dehydrate. Yeah, don't don't do that. Don't do and that. remember, you know, if you're going to watch this with your kids, be ready to explain some stuff to them because again, this isn't necessarily an anti-slavery film, but it certainly does have that as a underlying subtext and a subplot. And hey, people make decisions. Uh, to support or not support it, and how does that impact them and their society and their culture back mm-hmm. then? This it can happened. start a conversation, it could, for sure. And that would be a good thing, not a bad thing. Yep. Right. So, and as always, the opinions expressed during the taping of this recording are those of the hosts. Thanks for listening, everybody. This is Dan. We're going to go ahead and sign on out. And yeah, This is Aaron. Thanks for listening. This is Brian. Thanks for listening. Right. Bye. Take care, everybody. Bye.